the most beautiful place in the world, where a Tar Heel blue sky blankets Murphy on its way to the Tennessee border. It's a long way from Raleigh and the Outer Banks, but we're living in Carolina too. In fact, you might call it Extreme Carolina. With more, here's Michael Borkman. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to Extreme Carolina, the show that focuses on great people with great stories who prove in their everyday lives that anything is possible. We strive to bring you relatable life lessons from interesting and inspiring people as they live out their purpose on this earth. Folks, get ready. It's time for some good news you can use because today we have on the show an amazing professional that have really come from humble beginnings to really world on fire. And I'm talking about uh, Dr. Laporte uh, Flanoy. She is a life coach, executive coach, uh, as well as a mom and a travel enthusiast. I like that part. And she's also a Six Sigma black belt. And uh, no, that's not a church, and that's not a karate chop, <laughs> but it is. But it is still a tough thing to get done. And she's also an author of uh, of Journey to Authentic Joy. Uh, Dr. Laporte is as well a highly sought after speaker. But at the same time, this is what you want to get, folks. Dr. Laporte is your coach for transformational change and high performance living. Let's give Dr. Laporte a extreme Carolina welcome and welcome her to the show. Welcome, Dr. Laporte. Thank you, Michael. Thanks again for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor. Well, it's all our pleasure. And I tell you what, let's dive right into it so we don't uh, waste a lot of time. So it says that you are a transformational uh, and high performance living coach. Now, what is that exactly? (laughs) Yes. So interestingly enough, um, I was like most people where you think about change and it gives you anxiety, like you get comfortable in your routines, whether it's in an organization that you lead or that you're a team member of, uh, or even in your personal life. And I was addicted, even though I had anxiety to change like everyone else, I was always addicted to continuous learning, continuous improvement. How can I make my life better? How can I make organizations that I work in better? And so, of course, it would happen that serendipitously, I would end up dedicating my work to transformational change. So oftentimes we hear people say they want to do things better. They want to live better. But what sometimes they don't realize on a conscious, intentional level is that in order to do better, you have to change something. And so that is what I do. I help organizational leaders lead transformational change for their organizations to make that process easier. And I also help individuals uh, to change as well as to adapt to change that perhaps they did not anticipate or expect that uncontrolled Mm. change. Nice, nice. That is very good. I mean, you said a word in there about being addicted to uh, further and continuous uh, learning. Uh, Now, I think that may have been the first time I ever heard that addicted to (laughs) wanting to learn more. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, let me ask you something along those lines, and then then we'll come back to that. 
Now, when now this addicted uh, to learning thing, mm-hmm. when when did you know that you in your life that you knew that uh, this is kind of what I want to do? I want to be a coach mm-hmm. and help people and and do things. When did that actually happen in your life? When, what happened? Sure. So evolved into me knowing that through what I gravitated to in my career and, and through my personal life, uh, I could see that theme. So for example, uh, when I think about my first role that I was interested in, I, when I was in graduate school, Michael, I studied public policy and organizational behavior. So I was quite torn as to whether or not to go into public policy in a deep way or to do process or organizational consulting to help organizations mm-hmm. do better. So mm-hmm. gratefully, I ended up getting a role with the mayor's office in the city of Atlanta under Mayor Franklin that focused on the best of both worlds. It was in a public policy environment, uh, but I got to focus internally on how to make the internal organization better. And that's when I realized I was dedicated to making things better. Uh, A lot was broken, you know, when she was elected, she, Mm -hmm. I I came on, you know, shortly after she was elected. And so it was nothing short of an internal transformation. Uh, And that, was very addictive because I was able to not only uh, help people's problems with regard to what was broken, but to create, which is what I, I really uh, ended up loving to do. And then I was uh, I was recruited from the airport to do similar but different work in fixing their procurement operation as well as other areas of the organization. So they saw the fixing talent that I had, the addiction to, um, or not necessarily addiction, but you know, the expertise in transformational change and they want me to apply to that environment. And so then mm-hmm. after that, that's what people continue to hire me for, uh, whether it was transformation of their, their people elements or their process and operational elements. And I'm going to tell you, Michael, at one point it got a little tiring because it is very difficult work. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I rejected it a little bit at one point because I was feeling a little bit of burnout. But right. once I realized my role um, and that, and this is goes to anything in life that you do and the limitations of my role versus other people's roles and responsibilities, uh, I was able to fall in love again with the discipline um, and realize, you know, that it's really a, a beautiful gift, you know, that I, that I had to, and was able to share and still am able to share with others. Mm, yeah. You, in other words, you learned your boundaries. Exactly. <laughs> you knew what, hold up. Okay. I, all right, I'm getting a little bit out of my area. <laughs> Excellently put, because what I do is I partner with leaders. I partner yes. with organizations, but they own the change, you know, so right. so you can't think you're going to own what somebody else should be empowered to do. There you go. Yes. That's similar. That's similar to what we do around here uh-huh. in the daytime when we're not on the radio, because you're right. I mean, people have to own it. They have to they have to be the, the process has to be transparent, but they have to own it. They have to be accountable for the things that they say they're going to do. Yeah. And uh, and if you're not accountable, oh, this ain't going to work anyway. <laughs> you're just talking. So anyway. Thank you for sharing that with us, Dr. Sure. We appreciate that. The uh, 
you know, the <laughs> I caught that little that little blurb when you said uh, uh, addicted to again, only you would use another term. Which you <laughs> say. But anyway, it, it sounds like you truly enjoy the reading and learning uh, from that particular aspect. And uh, and if you, and since you do, we always like to ask people that come on the show this little question. It 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 doesn't require a lot of response, mm-hmm. but it does. But it does let people know a little bit about the insight of you. And that is, here's a question: What book have you read recently that had the biggest impact on you? And why? Mm. Well, Michael, there are so many books I love, but I will say, you know, one that stands out is Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime. Uh, And it's it's just a phenomenal read. And I believe Mm -hmm. that book stands out to me for multiple reasons. You know, first and foremost, you know, (laughs) I will admittedly say I probably laughed and cried uh, within the same (laughs) 30 seconds. (laughs) And I don't know of any piece of literature or or media has ever been able to provoke that type of response from me. Uh, but it's, he's obviously, as you know, he is an excellent and very in tune with society. And his book focuses on the resilience of himself, but largely of his mom. And, you know, essentially looking at her from her, her spiritual strength that she held, even though she was so spiritually strong, um, she ended up in a, a physically abusive relationship uh, where she felt, you know, very, um, she felt very um, caged, if you will. And, <laughs> and, and by her, the skin of, you know, the, the uh, you know, this, this, the very, very slim skin she was able to get out. And that resonated to me. You're listening to Extreme Carolina on 95.1. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Tar Heel basketball, Cam's Panthers, Asheville's eclectic nightlife, and the Great Smoky Mountains. It belongs to us, too, out here in extreme Carolina. Once again, here's Michael Borkman. I was not in a physical abusive relationship, but I was in, you know, a verbally and emotional abusive relationship. And... Mm -hmm. Um, it just reminded me, you know, of just the grace that God gives you to, to deliver you out of situations. And then you can look back and say, wow, you know, that was something that I survived. And even though it wasn't a positive experience, you can look at it and still gain strength from it in order to, uh, better, you know, equip yourself, uh, and survive and not just survive, but thrive in this world, you know, because we all will face challenges. So, so that yes, book definitely yes. stands out to me because it was one of, uh, just brilliant humor and resilience. Yes. I tell you what, you're right. I, 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 I feel you. I know where you were coming from. You had scars, but they weren't the physical kind that you see on the outside. These were the internal ones, which hurt just as bad. I mean, you know, verbally and emotionally. I mean, that that's hard on a person. So this book, uh, reading it, like you said, caused you to laugh and cry at the same time. But also it gave you strength and it reinforced the strength that you had within you to do what you had to do. So uh, so thank you for sharing that with us, Dr. Lepore. We really appreciate that. And the name of that book, give it to us one more time so we can put it on our show notes. Born a Crime. It was by Trevor Noah. 
Awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll put that in the show notes and uh, and let folks know about it, where they can find it. What's the best advice that you have ever received, Dr. Poole? The best advice, uh, I would say, you know, that I ever received, <laughs> you know, and I'm not sure of, you know, your audience and, you know, the perspectives that they have. But for me, you know, the, the best advice that I've ever received was to pray without cease. Uh, and the reason why that is, is when I look back at my life, you know, I have always been very future oriented, very focused on planning. And, you know, if I, I'll be honest, I still am, you know, but I used to be to a significant fault where I knew exactly when I was going to do what I was going to do and um, when I was going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that, you know, that path did not work in me achieving the goals that I set forth, you know, just like I'm not sure how familiar, you know, or how much you listen to or pay attention to the law of attraction, you know, mm-hmm. and that whole movement. Well, you know, I will say on one hand, absolutely, where you put your attention, where you put your focus and your energy has power. Mm-hmm. Uh, But what the power of praying without cease has done for me is to make decisions that have long term benefit. So, for example, Mm -hmm. you might want a job. You may pray, put your effort and attention on that job. You may get the job. But then you may find that, wow, this isn't my calling. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, it's just really about humbling myself consistently uh, so that I understand what that direction is, you know, that God has for me in every day and every moment. And when I used to hear that, you know, growing up prayer without seas, like, well, how can you do that? How can you get anything done? Right. You know, but it's really about having your meditation to God consistently. And it's not about having these, you know, soft, small segments of communication with right. God, but him truly being a partner uh, through your life every day. And so that's the best advice that I've ever received. That is fantastic. And let me say this right here. You wanted to, you say, hey, well, who are your audience? I'll be careful what I say. If you're talking about spirituality and being able to have that belief and trust in God, you're talking to the right people. Okay. And awesome. so, <laughs> we're not going to apologize for our guest or, or or me for talking about the things that we believe in because we know that's where our power and our hope everything comes from is in yes. that belief it comes from that belief and for what for you to share that with us and, and you're right a lot of us we pray for things and we, we're praying but we don't wait on god to show us where to go we're, mm-hmm. okay i prayed and then here's an opportunity mm-hmm. jump into it mm-hmm. <laughs> you jump in there and then you find out, man, this ain't, I'm not feeling this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because you're not in your wheelhouse or you're not doing the things that you need to do mm-hmm. for you to maximize your abilities. And so I love what you said. You just have to consistently, uh, without ceasing, continue to to pray and keep an, keep an eye out for what God's got for you. Absolutely. So, uh, so thanks for sharing that with us. We really appreciate that. And uh, as well as coming on the show. And for those that are just joining in, this is Dr. Lepore, and she is an amazing, amazing um, coach uh, for transformational change, you know, to help people with high performance lives. But she also is not just for businesses, but for individuals and being a life coach and things like that. So 
with doing the two, and there are two different separate things, mm-hmm. uh, how do you, which one do you get more, I, I wouldn't say enjoyment, <laughs> but, that you, but I would say that you, that you, that you really feel the most. And that's where you really are in your wheelhouse. Sure. That's a great question, actually. Um, you know, I will say, you know, I have been, you know, very similar to most people in the sense of, you know, we tend to continue doing what we're rewarded for. So I enjoy all of my work, you know, without a doubt, you know, but I definitely have a more traditional expertise in transformational change, you know, and my leadership coaching. Uh, and sometimes, you know, there are times when you, when you're in a corporate environment that people want compartmentalization uh, mm-hmm. from the person's personal self versus their quote unquote professional uh, persona. And so the approach that I have is that they are holistically all connected. Mm. So um, and that's how I address my clients. Now, I will tell you, um, life coaching is easier because when you come in to a life coaching situation, typically the clients expect you, you know, to help Mm -hmm. them to examine their whole self. Whereas sometimes we're in a professional environment, there are far more walls. People are far more mm-hmm. guarded because their concern is that if their personal life is exposed, that makes them vulnerable mm-hmm. in the professional environment. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas that should never be the case. You know, a person should never uh, be concerned that they should not be holistically accepted when they are performing a professional role in excellence. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, as a coach, I am, you know, definitely always honoring confidentiality in that sense. And, and that tends to give some people ease, um, right. you know, but to answer your question, the life coaching is easier because I can address the personal aspect as well as the professional aspect, um, yes. you know, without having to fight for it as much. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're spot on with that, and 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 you're right. The the life coaching thing, you know, they they sign up knowing knowing what they're gonna get, and actually wanting what they hope they can get. Whereas yeah. professionally, uh, they see you as coming in. Oh my God, look like <laughs> I'm gonna probably lose my job. They done brought somebody in. Well, <laughs> and, she- <laughs> and, and 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 just to be clear, you know, even if someone hires me, someone may hire me as an executive coach. Because they want promotion, you know, or they want, you know, to get more recognition, you know, so I'm oftentimes brought in not just by the organization, but individuals directly. But what I have to explain to some and some people already understand it is that the way that you perform in a role and way you contribute professionally also has to do with your personal environment, the home situation, You, you know, your social relationships, the state of those outside of your organization because we're just not made in a way where we leave a building, you know, and then we can, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> turn the switch off okay. for that. <laughs> you know, yeah. most people cannot do that. So it's important when people are going after professional goals or any goals for that matter, that they understand the interconnectedness of all of their yeah. environments on all of those respective areas of their lives. <laughs> yeah, you're right about mm-hmm. that. Uh, I, I used to, I had a job where this guy would say, Okay, y'all get in here. It was a sales job. Uh-huh. He said, 
He said, once you cross that curb, you leave your personal life outside because in here, your butt belongs to me. <laughs> and so I want all of that. So I don't want you talking about your sister, your cousin, right. your wife, <laughs> you in here. And see, it is hard for people to leave that uh, outside. You know, it's still with them in their head, uh-huh. but uh, but they can do it. And, and to fight you, thank God, because you can show them how they can take it, put it over here while they're doing this. And then come back to it once they get done with that. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Really, I tell you what, I could talk about that all all day because mm-hmm. that's kind of like what I enjoy, and not that, but what I do. A little bit in my wheelhouse. But I tell you what, I really, really, I mean, we're, we're about to hit the wall here, and I didn't ask you about the things that you're still doing. I know that mm-hmm. you used to be involved in some nonprofit organization mm-hmm. to helping to helping kids that were at risk mm-hmm. and you're not there anymore. So what are you right. doing now that you're not in that organization to help at risk kids? Sure. So yeah, so I, I served my term on that board and definitely I'm open, you know, to helping on boards that definitely that pertain to children that pertain to poverty education um you know those are my most passionate areas so definitely Mm -hmm. interested in joining another board um of need you know if anyone is listening and um i currently serve on the six sigma board that's more of a professional board professional certification for process improvement. And then I also, you know, obviously serve with my um, church organization, Elizabeth Baptist Church. I do uh, work with them as well, you know, as far as providing service that way. But, you know, cannot underestimate at all the value of uh, serving on boards, helping in that way, as well as helping directly in the community. It's, you know, Definitely a vital part of my life and, and should be, you know, with everyone. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, someone was listening. Me, I'm listening because I'm on a board mm-hmm. that is called Jackie Ward Foundation for the Arts in Education. Mm-hmm. For, and it also is for uh, at risk kids. Okay. And so you just live too far. If you were close, man, I would be after you. Come on, get on our board. <laughs> but with that said, I, I appreciate you sharing, but we don't run out of time. Ah, it went so fast. And so uh, maybe sometime down the road that you'll be gracious enough to allow us another time to to bring you back on the show. Is that possible? Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Michael. Awesome. Well, thank you. We appreciate you coming to being on the show. And I tell you what, we're going to jump out of here because it's against the clock. Uh, Ultimately, Extreme Carolina is committed to you, our listeners, to bring you leaders and newsmakers like Dr. Lepore here that are passionate and purpose-driven and making a difference by listening to their stories. Extreme Carolina listeners will have the opportunity to refuel, reconnect, and get inspired by unlocking the power of the people. And as you know, we like to have a quote, positive quote at the end of the day. And here we go. What you envision in your mind, how you see yourself, and how you envision the world around you is of great importance because those things become your focus. Woo! All right. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you being on Extreme Carolina. Thanks, Dr. Lapore. We appreciate her being here. And we'll see y'all down the road a little bit, peace. And we are 